This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hi, and welcome to Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. We're here today for a very special episode of Real Good Stuff with one of the founders and the creative director of Urban Voices Project, Leov Sofer. Yeah! Hey, Leov, how are you? Hey, Scotty. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on an episode of your amazing podcast. Well, thank you for being willing after a year and a half of talking about this and trying to get urban voices into the recorded space with the podcast. So thank you so, so very much. For those of you that don't know, Leov is the reason why we have the music, this little light of mine at the beginning and ending of all of our shows. Uh, he was so great to direct us and it's members of the urban voices project choir. And this is my first time ever recording on a holiday, a special holiday, my birthday. So thank you, Leah, for doing this. We have to do it again. <laughs> yes. A happy birthday song for Scott. Yes. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Scott. Happy birthday to you. Of. That's awesome. I think that's really the the power, right, though, of what we talk about when we get together and we sing, whether it's in person or on Zoom. And I'm, as we're talking here on the laptop, this is my very first remote recording, by the way, yeah. uh, bringing the power, the healing power of music directly to individuals marginalized by homelessness, mental health issues, and unemployment in the greater Los Angeles area. And now we're even going beyond the greater Los Angeles area, right? We're reaching out to folks beyond the greater Los Angeles area that are... Silver linings of virtual online world. Super silver linings. So, Leah, this is an amazing thing, like the, this healing power of music, right? Because I just had a friend yesterday from Cher who works at Cher uh, tell me this, that music for him, we know each other from way back in our 20s, when we used to go out and dance and party at the clubs and stuff. But we were just talking about that yesterday on social media, how much music has meant to us in our lives with both he and I and our mental health. So what inspired you to start something like this? I mean, this is quite a big undertaking to, especially now getting people online, virtually doing a concert. And we'll talk about that coming up. But what inspired you to do this and bring people together around music? Well, I'm going to be 100% honest, you know, part of my stepping into not only this, but a lot of the stuff in my life was this incredible, carefree, saying yes to anything vibe that I had when I was, what, 22, 23, 24. And um, I, I have to be honest, I, I really 
I, I, I don't regret, but I do now look back, really observe how I, you know, ignorant I was. Because what happened was I was at the Colburn School as faculty, and I always believed in music. And I, I played music growing up in synagogue, which is the Jewish um, mm-hmm. you know, temples, and that's my background. And so music always was a spiritual presence for me, whether it's non-denominational in any way or whatever, but it was always the where the power is for me, right? Um, and I took that in my whole life, and then I got a job out of college at the Colburn School, which is the conservatory in downtown L.A., and they had a board member, Mr. Bob Atia, who was saying, we're here, this conservatory on the top of Bunker Hill, one of the richest neighborhoods of L.A., and six blocks away is Skid Row. How are we not doing anything about that? And um, they asked all the faculty, you know, who who wants to do something? And I was just like, Rose raised my hand. I was like, I'll do it. Like, I'll try something. I was just in a yes mode. And I was fascinated by it. I always, I, I actually never spent a lot of time in Skid Row. I'm very blessed, privileged upbringing. I did not see a lot of homelessness. I did see mental health growing up. And that was something that was a, a part of my family in some ways. But uh, the, the Skid Row um, effect, I don't want to call it that, but, but just seeing a, a heavy amount of encampments and people who have mm-hmm. been really abandoned was actually very new to me. But I was just feeling young and ready for something new. And and uh, I also never really liked this stuffy conservatory world. It didn't feel like it was truly changing the world. You know, it felt like it was just music for the sake of music kind of thing. And so when I got down and I got to meet Christopher Mack, when they, they scheduled our first introduction between me and Chris, who was a representative of the Wesley Health Centers, uh, it was he was said I'll, I know people who want to sing and then you know how to do the music let's work together and that's kind of how it was born and I do admit I was so I, I was too nice in some ways I remember I was such a pushover that that um, nothing was getting done at some point and, <laughs> and, and then um, you know Chris was toning me up in that perspective and also like we also had to learn how to like you know be able to remember a big thing which is that we're not we're not bringing music down to skid row we're just activating the music that's already there and there's so many lessons to learn and i think that took some time but um i i i found that even though what inspired me to go back to the loop back to the beginning of your question was more of a curiosity i guess mm-hmm. i'd like to say that i cannot be more grateful because that work and saying yes to that question allowed me to find a part of who i am to find that my identity sits with this work now and i now did finally discover a way that music's doing much more than just music music is creating so many more uh, results and 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 effects on on the community, which is what I was maybe seeking and searching for at the time. Yeah, absolutely. You have impacted a lot of people and continue to impact a lot of people. First of all, I don't know a single choir anywhere in the world that is doing what we're doing on the level that we're doing it on, in the sense of like we're working with a lot of people that don't have the privilege of many of us had never been on zoom before. Yeah. Right. Like maybe you all had like the staff and things, but like, and I had been kind of on zoom, but I like didn't really know how to use it. it. The, 
the app was on my phone and I had a whole intention of we were going to do Zoom telemental health podcasts for 2020 yeah. and that kind of like <laughs> fell by the wayside. We're still working on it with other folks, but it's just like it's interesting how like what could have been a such a challenge for Urban Voices Project to just kind of like roll up, so to speak, as a lot of nonprofit service providers are doing. They don't know what to do. They're scared of getting COVID. They, you know, especially because we're singing, right? How do you sing with a mask on? Oh, yeah. Uh, It's hard enough to understand what people are saying with a mask on. But this is, we're about to do our second virtual concert. And then on top of that, like, and I have to be really honest, and I'm, really want to bring this up at the concert on Thursday. I wouldn't be inside right now if it wasn't for you, man. Thank you. Like if it wasn't for you and your determination to not give up on me when, and now I've, I found I was purpose. I was almost purposefully bullied out of the place that I was staying. I won't name the nonprofit, but I've run into other people who are LGBTQ that were bullied out of that same interim shelter, right? Because of their identity and found myself outside during the month of April and didn't know what to do and everything is closed down. And I reached out to you because <clears throat> I don't even remember now why you reached out to me. It was something about this, something about connecting online for Zoom. And I was just feeling really overwhelmed and I expressed that and you said, I'm here to listen if you need someone to listen. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling really abandoned by everybody in my life. And it was so amazing because you asked, first of all, you invited, you didn't just say, I'm going to help you. Right. You said, can I help you? Like, can I be a part of this journey with you? And I don't know what I can do. And cause right. You're not actually like, like you're from like outside of LA originally, right? Like you're from like outside of like where it's not quite as like populated. <laughs> also had not seen its first person experiencing homelessness until probably the last 10 or 15 years. Maybe right. Huntington Beach is the only place I can imagine that might have had it before that. And that's still a lot of, I mean, if we're talking about homelessness in a place like Santa Monica or yeah. Venice or Huntington Beach, we're still looking at a lot of privilege with that. And I'm not saying that that's not homelessness, but that's still a very, different like, be, yeah, being homeless on a beach or next to a beach is very different than under, being, freeway under yeah. And yeah, or next to a freeway or down on Skid Row or um, like some of the places in uh, East Hollywood, like below L.A. City College where I was first sleeping. So first of all, I want to thank you in this podcast, first of all, for allowing me the opportunity, one, to sing with you all, but two, not to give up on me because I can be a very difficult person with my mental health sometimes. And I've been through a lot in the last few years. And you all don't give up on people. Like I've seen you continue and continue and continue and continue. Even if the communication breakdown is on you all's end, you continue to be patient with people and continue to, to communicate and, and work to be in community. And that's the, so like, it's like, it's like the individual's part almost like, I feel like sometimes ceases to exist that when I log into these neighborhood sings that we have or these rehearsals that we have, and I'll be honest, and you know this because you've been there, more than half of them, I'm crying through about half of it. 
right? Mm-hmm. And just for my because of my own stuff, it's not a chemical imbalance. I've just been through a lot in the last few years, and there's a lot of grief mm-hmm. to process. And it's amazing to me that you all continue to do it because you don't need to, right? You're so talented. Kate's so talented. Christopher's got a whole career that has nothing to do necessarily with music that's out there with Wesley, right? And so it's like you all continue to do this and continue to show up, and so does all of these staff people. And it's so inspiring to me because it's really not about the music, it's really about the connection and the community and the, and the finding that. And we are all, I believe, all of us, right, whether we're having the lived experience or surviving homelessness or not, we're all connecting because of this Urban Voices Project. I think that's the point. Program. I think I always try to say how it's music. For, well, Kate says, and she gets this from her music therapy background, our music wellness director, using music for non-musical results. And then I, because of my world in conservatory, I always thought of the term of like music for music's sake, you know, and that mm-hmm. that needs to change. And it's, and I always ask myself music for what's sake, you know? Um, and so like, I think that that's a lot of what Urban Voices Project challenges is that, you know, we're using music not as the point of why we're together. It's why we're, to, it's we're, us being together is the point of why we make music it's the other way around. So, I mean, I really appreciate that you name that. And I, I also want to, um, uh, I also want to name that, like you said that how I was helpful to you and whatnot, but you, you right around taught me not only many lessons over the years that we've been able to talk and have conversations. And sometimes we had very hard conversations that were, you know, for both of us, for, and for me, I'm going to say for me a lot, I learned. Um, but even in that moment that happened in April, because, it was so everything, none of the systems were ready for, for COVID and mm-hmm. homelessness systems are already, you know, um, I mean, there are, they've got tons of problems there, whether it just be logistical bureaucratic problems or whether there's systemic stuff we, I don't have to go into right now, but I do want to say even, even on the surface level, there's still a lot of flaws, even on what they say they want to do. And w- when I was hearing about your experiences, you were the one that inspired me to be like, let me really, really do my best to be in your shoes. And then I wrote this long, I don't know if you saw that Facebook post I wrote, but there was this time where I spent a whole Sunday afternoon and I spent eight hours and combined with a few hours a day before trying to find a bed and I actually role played. I role played myself. I used my name, but I said that I'm looking for a place to, to, to go and please, can you help me? And I called every resource the city had, you know, the 311, Lhasa, you know, wine guard. I, I called everything that I knew as if I didn't have any network already. Like as if I tried to pretend like I wasn't someone who had already been a leader in the Skid Row arts, you know, environment or whatnot. And I, I had no luck. I was being thrown into circles and cycles of you have to call this number. And then like, I just called that number and they sent me back and forth. And I was then I was sitting there and I'm like having another layer of realization. Not only is this not going anywhere and taking forever, but here I am. I have the privilege of a laptop with unlimited Wi-Fi to continuously look up more numbers and more 
you know, resources. I have a phone. I have a wall outlet with a charger. I even have my, you know, kitchen here where I have snacks and water to hydrate and feed me as I'm spending eight hours trying to get a single answer of where I can go if I was this said person to be on the street. And I was not inspired to go through that role play until I heard a lot of the challenges that you were going through and, and a couple other choir members at the time too. And I, it got me so enraged to realize like, oh my God, not only is this a screwed up mess right now and nobody's getting what the help they need, but also even in my privilege, I'm not getting anywhere with this. And, and I could just not imagine how hard it was for people who didn't have the same situation, house situation that I was having. So um, I want to thank you because, you know, through our many conversations at the time, um, I felt like I really got woke for a second, at least to what it was like to be on the street in April. And I mean, I n I'll never understand it fully until I actually truly was on the street, and I have to name that. But I got as close as I could for not having experienced it myself. I really, I really um, got, I, I really got a level or a piece of what was happening, and and I thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I haven't. Wow, I haven't cried that much in a podcast before. Um, thank you, Liav, because what you say is true, and I totally remember that. I remember those posts you were making, and I remember. I remember sitting there and realizing, gosh, this is hard, but we're going to go with it. Um, I remember sitting there in April and feeling like everyone had once again forgotten about me. And that everyone was talking about the world was ending. And I remember feeling like that was it. Like this was really it. That like I had been in an interim shelter Although I was getting bullied for being queer and the things that I was going through there, it was a bed, right? And I should have been happy that it was a bed. And I just remember reading your posts and I remember like just knowing that I wasn't alone in that and that so many other people were feeling that feeling. And just to know that you took time when so many other people were so consumed with what they were going through and the stuff they were going through and that you took time, not just for me, but for other people that might reach out to you from the Urban Voices Project music program for help or for support and the fact that you took that time to do that. Because, I mean, there were, like, many days where I was, like, waking up, you know, in Chinatown and walking to Elysian Park and, and sleeping in Elysian Park the first half of the day <coughs> and just getting up as, you know, the day would pass on and just feeling so forgotten. And then to get that, that phone call that morning at the beginning of May and to be told because of you I'm making a connection with someone in our choir thank you so much BB and Path that I got into Project Room Key 
And it's for my mental health. It's totally for my mental health. I have because some people have been like, but you're able-bodied. Yeah, but my mind is a little messed up right now and I need support. And the nurses actually this last couple of weeks have really noticed that something was wrong. And they're like, you're not your same cheerful self. And one of the nurses said to me two days ago, she stopped. I haven't really seen her much. And she stopped and she said, you know, you seem really down and I just wanted to encourage you. And I shared with her what I was feeling. And she said, just know that you don't always have to uplift everyone, that it's okay to be sad. And we've talked about that before, right? In Urban Voices Project, it's okay not to be okay. And I have to remember that, like, there's lots of people, right? Like, there's lots of people right now that are going through what this feels like, right? And it was really terrifying for me to be an activist and to be like, I'm not supposed to be on this end of it. I'm supposed to be fighting for people that are on this end of it. And then there I was. And then there you were, right? Because you say years, but really it's not even been two years yet. It was, I think, right before, it was right before Christmas of... Uh, 2019 that I found Urban Voices Project and waited until uh, right after the holidays to join because you all were in the middle of your holiday stuff. Right before 2018, I think, correct? Or was it 2018? Yeah. Oh my gosh, has it been that long? I don't know. Maybe it's been that long, huh? I thought it was 2019, but okay, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's longer. Maybe my math is off. I'm not a numbers person. I'm a talker, so wow. maybe it could be 2018. Um, um, yeah, and I... I I want, it's funny that you even said what you said about not having to always cheer other people up. And, and I, I even believe to flip that on its edge and, and hopefully in a positive way is that even when you're being present to um, yourself and your authentic emotion in the moment, and especially when we're in like a room with community like we do with the music program, I think that like when someone's having a hard day and expressing that, you, in part, are actually allowing, inviting others to feel more safe and more comfortable. So it's so ironic how it's like, yeah, you don't have to cheer everyone up or, or you know, uplift everyone all the time. But even by you being present to what your obstacles are, it's actually in its own way role modeling, role mo modeling vulnerability for others. And so I'm sorry to say this to people, but... You actually are still being a pillar of community <laughs> just by showing up with whatever, wherever you're at. And I think that that also is part of the equation in some interesting coincidental way, which I just not find fascinating. That's all. It's super fascinating and it's super true, right? And you just also like, which is a gift that you have, I think, is like we went there to the point a couple minutes ago of like crying and then I actually just like laughed like out loud and we're not even in the same room. We're looking at each other on zoom right now, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's just so fascinating to me, right? That like that showing up that just like, even when we don't have the capacity or the joy or the energy to show up, it still makes a difference, right? That's true. And, and um, yeah, I think that, I think that like, you know, sometimes I feel like people want to, we even say all the time how music is healing. And I think that even healing people think it's like, is it about fixing a problem? And then you're like, wait, maybe it's, maybe the term healing has to actually be rethought that 
healing isn't always about fixing, but healing is also just about being with and, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it being, being present to, and I think that's kind of what the singing does. And I'll, and I'll, that's what we're doing when we're coming to those rooms together, you know, the zoom rooms. <laughs> yeah. Well, you speak to that, like what, because I've noticed it, ha it, it has an impact on you too, right? Like it's not just us that it's impacting the people that participate. It impacts you. It impacts the other directors. It impacts the other staff members. It impacts our social media people, right? Like it just, the way it impacts so many people that come, the Vishnis, I'm thinking of Natalie, how much Natalie is like inviting people to our, our Zoom neighborhood sings and all of this. One of our our big supporters. Shout out Natalie Vishti. We love you. You're so amazing. You made us feel like superstars when we went down to Congregation B'nai Israel and Tustin. Like, I have never felt like a superstar more than that in my entire life. Really, Natalie, you're amazing. But, Leah, would you speak to that? Because it makes a difference when people, when people come into, because it's not just the music, it's something about this community that's been created that when people encounter this particular group of folks that come together to sing and it's not the specifically the choir i'm talk, talking about the neighborhood sings now right because the choir is impactful but even just the the neighborhood sings you don't have to be a professional um what does that do like what is it that's happening it's some kind of like weird thing that happens in the environment around us yeah and i i definitely will be happy to plug for anyone listening that, you know, Wednesdays at four o'clock because of COVID, we went and our, our neighborhood things were always open to the public, but because of COVID, we started putting it publicly on Facebook and inviting anyone to join because everyone's going through it right now. So, um, you know, you can go to our website or our Facebook if you want to join. But so, so what's happening in there is hard to, to, to really pin down. And it's a quest for myself and for Kate, who's been working with me on it. And to even know if we can capture it in like a pedagogy or a curriculum, it's really hard to say because there's elements of trying to just speak from a place. I, 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 I trying not to just name off a bunch of stereotypical terms right now, but I'm going to like trauma informed care, like understanding that someone's coming in with an emotion that's stemming from something that you might not know what it is. Right. And then there's so much more to that than just that. But but that's like just a sliver of understanding that, you know, there is something that's going on in that person's life that we might not know. And we have to just be with that and inform, use that information with every invitation we make, every invitation we make, literally like sing along. You know, it's like even asking someone to sing, asking someone to share, if we share a prompt, if we invite someone to a space, you know, all, all of the invitations have to have that consciousness as best as we can. And also the goals and objectives isn't trauma-informed care. That's just something that I think we're trying to use to communicate. But I think that the goals and objectives is another term like social and emotional learning, which people always use it that terminology just for kids and schools. But I think that adults need that emotional and social connection and, and growth. I really think we're always growing and we're always learning into the end of our days. So it's a space where we're trying to use music for social and emotional connection and um, empowering people to grow those skills, their social skills and their comfort. People are learning how to shed off layers of nerves and, and talk to people and reach out to people or voice themselves, have an expression that they felt like was invisible before. 
all these different layers that are, whether it's social or emotional consciousness and mindfulness, you know, we have these music wellness exercises we're trying to do, again, with goals of this social and emotional learning and wellness, I should say. Um, and I think those are like, because we're going in with those as the goals named, and it's like, not that we're like, we're here to go and make a big concert and show off, you know, or I think that's just the thing that changes it from the beginning. But what I also like is, and I hope, I hope this is how it feels, but I'm also trying to make sure that it, it doesn't feel like one, that it doesn't feel like therapy too, too cold and clinical and two, cause it's not therapy by the way, it's, it's therapeutic, but, um, and then two, I don't want it to feel like it's too focused on musical excellence. And so we're just always looking for this balance between wellness and, and then also, and then finally the third trifecta, there's like music, there's healing or whatever, and, and therapy or what, whatnot. And then there's community. And then I think that community, it, it, you know, is the third leg of the stool, the three-legged stool. And I think we're just constantly trying to find our balance and the language that helps us find that sweet spot right in the middle of those three elements. So, you know, it's not like we're not shooting for musical excellence when we can, but it's also not the point. It's not that we're not mm -hmm. shooting for a therapeutic healing experience, but that's not the whole thing. And it's not that we're only community activists, like the whole thing's about, um, you know, the, it's an intensive community activist environment. It's actually a little bit more milder than that. There's not that I don't, not that a lot of us aren't socially active and we're not all activists in the room, but that's not the only point either. It's like all, it's got to be this blend is what mm -hmm. I think is making the magic happen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I know that we're running out of time. Um, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say something that was really impactful to me because last year you said something, right? Because you talk about like the folks with like, people will want to like be perfect when they sing. Right. I'm one of those people that like, if it's not perfect. And I remember last year as we were planning for our in-person concert or in-person coffee house last year that we did. Yeah. And I remember you saying something to me and I was kind of offended at the time. <laughs> You're not going to be Tracy Chapman, Scott. Don't try to be Tracy Chapman. I was singing Tracy Chapman's right. Talking About a Revolution, and I love that song. I've been singing that song since it came out. And I was like, who does he think he is? I'm not Tracy Chapman. Well, then I started thinking. I'm like, well, he's right, Scott. You're not Tracy Chapman, and you love this song, but you're not going to be her. Be you. Show up as you, and that's going to make even more of a difference. And I love to sing in a group I've got no problem singing in a group. The minute you put me out there by myself, I freak out. And I always have. And it was so interesting because the minute that song started, people lost it and were so excited because they love that song and they love Tracy Chapman. It's a great song. And I remember Tammy, you remember Tammy. <clears throat> she said to me recently as I was having mental health breakdown this summer, she looks at me and she goes, remember that song that you sang at Coffee House? And remember how much you beat yourself up beforehand and all of that. She goes, isn't that a metaphor for life, Scott? <laughs> Just be you. Show up as your genuine, authentic self in the world. You don't have to be Tracy Chapman. You don't have to be someone else. And I think that's what's so powerful to me about Urban Voices is 
none of us have to show up as anything other than we are that day. And we make beautiful music together and it's not perfect. But to me, that's part of what's amazing about it is it's not perfect. And again, I don't, I'm not following, I'm following lots of people, comedians and right. all sorts of people that are doing stuff during COVID-19. I don't know of another choir that's doing this. I haven't followed another choir that's doing what we're doing. This is going to be our second one, our second concert virtually during the pandemic. When is it, Leov? It's going to be Thursday, this Thursday, 6 p.m., August 20th. Sorry, I'm going out of order. It's going to be <laughs> August 20th, Thursday, 6 p.m., and it's going to be streaming to Facebook Live for sure. We might be able to get it streaming also on YouTube. I'm not promising that because I'm working on that myself, but um, it's going to be uh, announced on our website On if you want to go to urbanvoicesproject.org. Or you can also just, you know, poke around our Facebook page, which is just facebook.com forward slash Urban Voices Project, or just find us in the in the chat, I mean, in the search bar, and, and you'll see a thousand posts about it right now, because we're really um, wanting to get you to come out and see it and hear it and be with us. It's going to be highly, um, not just about performance, but again, it'll be with engagement. Um, we'll have, and I get to now say you're going to hear from incredible soloists such as your incredible podcast host today <laughs> sorry i had to give it away um and uh uh so yeah i mean scotty's going to be sharing a solo we have a few other featured soloists um and we're going to have a very what i think I'm, this is one of the things i'm most proud about with this group is we've been so inventive and innovative with how to bypass the boundaries around zoom and latency and we're going to be performing a live ensemble piece, which I won't give it away, and nor will I give away how we're doing it. But um, but check it out. It, it's coming out really beautifully, in my opinion. And I think that um, it's also been powerful because it's really engaging us as a choir. It's not, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's pushing our skill sets, and it's allowing us to, again, reach for goals, even in the midst of COVID. As an ensemble, we're reaching new goals, and that's just a good feeling. So it's amazing. It's all amazing. Check out urbanvoicesproject.org. You can join us every Wednesday at four o'clock on Facebook for Neighborhood Sing. You can also join us on Thursday, August 20th at six o'clock. You don't have to be there at six o'clock, though, on August 20th. If you don't get to watch it, it will still be there, correct, Leov? Correct. Yeah. So you can still watch it after. Please donate. We completely 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 subsist as an organization on donations and i know that there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people asking for money right now but i guarantee you the urban voices project has made a huge difference in my life right now i would still be outside in the middle of this pandemic if it wasn't for urban voices project and just the networks and the willingness that this man was willing to put into like he shared with you putting himself into my shoes or my sleeping bag, so to speak, for a minute and think about what would that feel like if I was outside struggling and what would that feel like if I didn't know anything? Because he knows, Leob knows. I know lots of people too, but, but the system has really got a lot of barriers to getting people inside, even outside of the pandemic. So, Leob, you're a beautiful human. I thank you for your patience with me and everyone else at UVP. And just the, all the stuff that you do out in the world with 
you know, faith communities and Disneyland when it's open at California Adventure and just the music that you bring to the world. I know you bring a lot of joy to a lot of people and I'm super grateful to you and I'm super grateful for you to be the first virtual guest. So yay. Oh my gosh. It's taken forever, but you're the first virtual guest on real good stuff. Thank you so much, Leah, for being here. Thank you. Check out urbanvoicesproject.org. I'm Scott Clapson, your host. Thank you for listening. Check us out. Have a great day and have a wonderful summer. Bye-bye. This little light of mine, I'm gonna-